You know, like when you first had a couple of years of lifting and you were like drinking BCAs and doing the bro split yeah. and everything, everything <laughs> you like, you've discovered drop sets. You're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then after you've been lifting for a few years, you're like, oh, like- so, uh, you're listening to the Propane Fitness Podcast, your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain with none of the gimmicks. With your hosts, Yusuf and Johnny. Simple rules, dramatic results. The thing I never understand about any like any combat sport is like, I imagine there's a, you're like focusing on technique, 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 and how when someone does something, you know, just like, fuck you, and you just want to <laughs> just, just like go for like the, like the nut or the like thumb in the eye. It's a very calm sport, and then when you roll, roll with the Brazilian guys, they've been doing it a while. Some of them in Brazil smoke weed before they do it. It's a game of chess, just to and uh, they just let you do it. And, and even if you did want to, usually you've, they've got hold of one of your sleeves, so you can't punch can't if you anyway. wanted to. You can't headbutt because they're holding onto your collar on the floor. Uh, <laughs> you try and you try and kick them, and they're sat on your legs. So even if you wanted to, you're you're powerless, man. The the art of jiu-jitsu properly is to make someone feel like they can't move. So I even if you've if you, seen the guy who's um, he's a quadruple amputee and he's a really good wrestler and it's literally because like he's just so wriggly and people can't like there's a video of him and you you think he'd be terrible like or, or that people are just giving him sort of sympathy votes but he's genuinely phenomenal. Oh, it's, it's man, I, I go up against such small people and we're allowed to uh, roll with the girls and number one they're a lot harder to choke because they've got smaller necks. So sometimes you're like, you'll get at their back and you'll go to choke them and you'll be like, there's nothing happening. And the big guys are quite easy. So I come home from my mum and dad like, it's how jiu-jitsu. I'm like, yeah, I found out it's really easy to choke a woman, uh, really hard to choke a woman. And then my dad's like, oh, and then you went to jiu-jitsu. Ha, ha, ha. Um, Welcome to the Propane Fitness Podcast. We are sat here today with vanquisher of bullshit, Mr. James Smith. <laughs> He's got more sass than knowledge, and we're very glad to finally get him on the podcast. Hello, James. Hi, bonjour. Thank you very much for having bonjour. me on. Bonjour. So um, we, the first question we had for you, we, we put out a post saying, we're speaking to James Smith, and everyone wanted to know, would you rather that you're having sex with your dad and your dog walks in, or you're having sex with your dog and your dad walks in? <laughs> Fucking hell. There we go. There's a question to get off the mark, say um, it's the most popular one. Everyone was it asking this for you. Yeah. Which dog are we talking about here? Because I got several. Okay. Well, which <laughs> is the, which is the one you find the most attractive? I suppose. <laughs> that is the, the worst thing is that you have to visualize the actual predicament at hand yeah, to deal the with mechanics it. Mechanics of it. Yeah. To, yeah. Um, let's push that back to later on in the podcast because there's, right. there's going to need to be some cognitive decision making processes going on there. Right. Um, let that one sit for a while. Let and, it simmer. Yeah. Thank, thank God. Should we, should we ask James to introduce himself a bit first? Sure, yeah, James, can you just tell us, um, for anyone that has been living under a rock, can you tell us a little bit about you, about your, your background as a, as a PT, and um, what's, what's been going on the last couple of years for you? Um, I like to tell people I'm the fitness industry's least fitnessy person, um, but no, generally just very normal personal trainer. I've been personal trainer for five years, and the last two have been pretty crazy as far as presence growth engagement um and you know first three years very busy personal trainer doing my own thing and it's incredibly frustrating being a personal trainer on the floor and i'm sure you boys will be aware that you're with your client and you see people around the gym doing things incorrectly or or just wasting their time and you want to go talk to that person but you can't because you've got a client and then even you want to talk to them after your client but you have another client and then that person walks away Sheila, 140 kilograms, doing tricep extensions for an hour. And I thought to myself, how the hell can I talk to these people? So I started making videos. And I was like, I'll put these videos out during the hours that I'm personal training. And hopefully Sheila doing her flipping tricep extensions will see them. And I won't have to watch her do it from the corner of my eyes. And then over time, these videos kind of caught a bit of traction. And my following, everything kind of just exploded. And I spent most of my time in Australia doing this and uh, I came back to the UK about six months ago I had no idea how many people were actually watching them for me I'm, I saw the numbers but now we get called an influencer you get sent free shit uh, I got asked to talk at Body Power this year which was my first ever fitness expo um, and yeah basically you get enough followers and people start to think you know what you're on about been quite a radical shift in lifestyle and exposure I imagine going from gym floor to suddenly um, all of this taking off 
Um, how's that sat with you? Um, so I quit a face-to-face PT business here uh, to go to Australia. I just kind of, it sounds really, well, it's not bad, but I was in a private facility in Bracknell, about an hour outside of London. And apologies for the planes, I'm sat in the garden. Uh, for me, I was charging good money, but there was only five personal trainers at my gym and we had about 2,000 members. So it wasn't hard to grow a business and I didn't feel particularly <clears throat> challenged. I had the most clients and I was charging the most money. And I was like, right, I'm either going to move to London or I'm going to go overseas. And I didn't fancy going into a winter in London, so I went to Australia. And I traveled a bit and I gave myself three months off to, to see Australia. And in that time, I put out there that I was going to do online PT and I got 10 clients. And it wasn't enough to live off as traveling, but it was enough to buffer it. And when I went back to face-to-face, it just wasn't as sexy as I remember. And I actually hated going back to one-to-one PT in Sydney, very different to here, very poisonous and toxic environment. And uh, I kind of didn't really have a choice. It was either hit the online stuff or go back to England, move in with my mom and dad. So I hit my online stuff with everything I could. And to get online clients, the way I saw it very simply, a percentage of my following are going to want to do business with me. That's as simple as I saw it. So I was like, I'm going to need engaging content. So I see the shares, I see the likes, I see the numbers. And then the first thing was when the guys I lived with in Sydney had been my friends for five, six years, and we'd be out at a bar, and someone would go, oh, you're James Smith. And they'd be like, oh, you know, fucking hell, not Jay- don't do this, he's my mate from rugby. Don't you go up to him and recognize him. <laughs> and then uh, even to the point that my housemates would be like, fuck off, like, this girl would come over. And then that kind of increased a little bit more, a little bit more uh, then. You know, little things, I'd go into Adidas store and someone would be like, oh, card blockers. And I'd be like, what? She'd be like, oh, I've seen your videos. And even then I was like, this is it's fucking weird. You know, I'm, I'm a personal trainer. I just put out funny videos. Um, then it came more and more and more. Uh, I had a girlfriend for a bit. We'd walk down the beach and people would be like, James Smith, you fucking legend. Give me high fives. I was like, this is actually crazy. I went to Brisbane on a night out and I was, I was off my rocket. And I was in the queue and I thought I was about to get chucked out. And the manager of the club was like, come with me, I know who you are. She's like, I'm a trainee PT, your videos are life, come in, VIP, free drinks. And I'm stood there and she's saying to me, this must happen all the time. I've got my hand on my head. I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um, and then going to Bali, again, quite a small community. And because we were training near a CrossFit gym, those guys were showing us love. And then no idea till when we came back to the UK. Um, went to Dubai and even, you know, walking down JBR. Diren couldn't believe that people were stopping him in the street and being like, bro, come here for a selfie. Diren's like, what? Um, then coming back to London, it was absolutely mental. Absolutely mental. Um, and even now, I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu at a gym and I kind of like going there with people not knowing what I do. And then people just sit there like, oh, James, you've got loads of followers. I'm like, how did you find out? Like, I, I keep thinking that I can operate in the shadows, but as it goes on, or as soon as... I drop a pinger at a festival, someone wants a selfie. <laughs> as soon as I've hit a face melter, someone wants a selfie, man. <laughs> and I, it's, it's as if I'm there the whole time. No one's seen me the whole time. I'm like, oh, I might go to DEFCON 1. Bang, someone wants a selfie. <laughs> Just so I've hit a face melter. But it's been very weird and slightly... I still don't get used to it now. People are like, I love your videos. I'm like, what? Mine? But, yeah. Was any of it on purpose? Like, I know that might sound like an odd question, but when you started making your videos, were you like this is something that I'm, I want to change my life. Or was it like, Oh my God, my life has suddenly gone from zero to zero to where it is now with no, no planning. Um, I always have the fear of not having any business or not having enough money or not having enough to come in. So I'm very aggressive on the marketing front because however, whatever amount of noise I can make on the social scene, if we were to imagine a sales funnel, the very left is the engagement is the social media. The very far right is money in my bank. Now, I just saw that the more noise I could make, the more leads I'd get, the more prospects I'd convert, the more clients I'd obtain. And out of that fear of kind of, you know, not having prospects that were converting into clients, I just started hitting all of this noise and I never really got focused on the recognition. I never got focused on talking to body power. I never got focused on any of that. It was almost just keep rolling dice while the table's hot in the bid that I would never run out of clients. And then it kind of slapped me in the face. People... You know, it was, that was never the aim because I had, I had a pretty good business before I had followers. Um, and yeah, it, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to get myself famous or anything like that. It was just about business. And then the rest kind of came. And this is something that um, 
I guess you, a lot of your messages are quite polarizing, and you, you said that you had this fire under your ass while you were traveling that you had to just start, start creating some exposure. And a lot of the attention that you've talked about has been quite positive, but I'd imagine because it's quite a polarizing message, do you get? Um, I know you don't refer to it as haters, but you know you, you've had there are people that seem to follow you just to just to troll or just to um, give you a hard time, essentially. So. Have you? Do you see those people in person? Because we, we often find, like, I mean, on a much lower level, people coming up to us and so on, but they're always positive messages, whereas the keyboard warriors seem to be really meek when you meet them in person. Yeah, it's, um, I've never had anyone say anything to my face, and uh, I'm not sure how I'd react to it, really, if I'm honest. Um, like, yeah, they're, they're very brave behind the keyboard. They're very brave with their message. But you know what? I, I actually don't get that many, nor do I actually see it. And, I actually kind of enjoy um, scrolling through my posts. And when I look through it, I'm actually looking up for them. Just have a bit of banter with them. Um, and, you know, the polarizing message isn't a mistake. And I've always said that if you were to invite me to a family barbecue, I've not met any of your friends and family before. And someone talks about, I don't know, someone says, ah, oh, football World Cup. And I just stand up and I go, football is fucking shit. It's the worst sport in the fucking world. People diving around. Most of the time it's a fucking draw. You know, half your family would go, who the fuck is this guy? Who did you invite? <laughs> but then a couple uncles and a couple of nephews go, do you know what? We fucking like this guy. And I'd rather walk away from that barbecue with four people going, we like that guy, rather than 10 people going, yeah, he was nice. You know, like that's always been the message. And I, I say this to most personal trainers as well. Like they're so scared to polarize people. Little do they know if they were to convert 1% of their Instagram following to clients, they would have to hire someone. <laughs> yeah. When you realize that, who gives a fuck if you're offending 90% of your fucking audience because you couldn't even handle one as clients. And everyone's like, guys, you know, avocado is very high in vitamin K. Yay. Everyone, <laughs> fuck off. Mate. You, know, you know what I mean? Like, and everyone's like, oh, James, you're a bit polarizing. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's the point. Um, well, but no, as not, you said, like, if you've got a fixed percentage of people that will buy from you, then it doesn't really matter about the rest of the spectrum of people. So, you know, and if, if anything, we found the most polarizing content we've put up seems to get the most engagement. And, you know, then you get comments and people arguing with each other about the content. And it, you know, it generates its own momentum. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good, good as well, because you can actually polarize people you don't want to do business with. Uh, so the biggest ones for me are vegans and keto and like not, not ripping into them. Uh, well, I probably fucking will. Um, ketogenic, you know, people are probably haven't got a lot going on in their life. They want a cult to be a part of, they're going to believe in any kind of propaganda. And you know, when they've got such fixed beliefs, it's going to be very difficult for me to turn them into any other type of, you know, system. So for that reason, I'd rather not have them. Same with veganism. You know, I feel like a lot of people are doing it because it's fashionable or, you know, they, they're, they're gullible and they believe in propaganda and they're going to be incredibly difficult people to, you know, again, convert or, or change them because they're very fixed mindsets. So everyone's like, oh, you're losing out on business. I'd like their headaches of clients, you know. It's, it's no correlation. In my time as a PT on the floor, everyone that I trained that was a vegan was weak as shit and not willing to change any component of their life because they had fixed morals and fixed values that were, were set in stone before giving me any kind of money and you know so as long as i can polarize those people um they start insensitive snowflakes as well you know oh linda you're probably not losing weight because you know you're scoffing your fucking face oh james you hurt my feelings you know like <laughs> I can't. it's uh, you can actually polarize you can sieve out all the people you don't want to do business with at the same time as tapping into engagement i feel like again a lot of people are missing the trick on that and you know, earlier on this year, I was like, I'm going to see how much I can get away with using the C word. <laughs> and I'm still, Great experiment. It's, it's still happening. I'm getting people go, James, I signed up to a program because you use the C word in a video. I'm like, wow, I'm getting paid to call people that. But, Very interesting. I think it's a, because it's something that, so especially in like the online uh, world, like for those people who are listening who have no idea what it, what it might be like to make a video on, and put it on Facebook or anything like that, the advice that a lot of people give is to be polarizing, right? Like how to stand out, you, you say things that are polarizing. But I think even as online coaches, most people find that, like they understand the concept, find it incredibly difficult to do. And then to someone who's like never done an Instagram story, the thought of like pulling up their phone and saying exactly what they think with no filter is like incredibly difficult. So what, how, what did you, 
is there anything did you did you have that feeling as well or are you just naturally like you naturally just don't mind pissing people off I think I'm, I'm very much like it with my friends as well um where you know and even with my family especially with my family arguments man like not bad ones but you know even Christmas time talking about religion I'm like that's a bit daft isn't it they're like what do you mean I'm like that didn't happen and you know like <laughs> I've always been like that I remember in like RE even at school I didn't do very well at school but a teacher would be like you know uh, you know water into wine I'm like listen sir I just came from physics and biology and I just don't think that this actually happened you know and I was and I was always sat there in class and I'd be like oh that's bollocks isn't it and the teacher would be like shut up you know like it's always been there and yeah do you know what? I don't think it's, it's particularly easy and I think you've got to train your audience to be ready for you and what the the biggest thing I see now is people are trying to they're like oh that works for James at work for me and people are like oh my god what's this person doing you know um they're again with a lot of stuff with the with the message it's all good stabbing someone if you've got the solution but now you've just got people you know hey mate i'm gonna stick the knife in cool i'm gonna turn it so you really feel it then i'm gonna take it out and offer you the solution cool happy days a lot of people around stabbing people with their message and people are like you're sexist you're fattest you're whatever whereas you know i think that people can understand there's a motive behind all of my content they're like wow i've just been called fat there's an element of him being a misogynist. He's definitely being a narcissist. He's definitely got no concern for my own, like, you know, emotions, but his motive is to put me in a better place. Whereas a lot of people now are doing all the horrible stuff mm. then just cutting the video. Ah, oh, you're fat. See you later. <laughs> um, <so>. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I, I mean, you, you put up a post about that recently and I, I, I guess that's what it is. It's, it's PT is seeing your style of video and thinking, oh, I'm just going to emulate that, and in some cases, flagrantly plagiarizing yeah. the like verbatim the things that you're saying, but they're missing the actual context that it comes in, and thinking that. And the other thing is also that, like, if you suddenly just adopt someone else's style, trying to be James Smith, like, no one's going to be James Smith as accurately as James Smith is, and so to try and be someone else is going to come across as inauthentic. Yeah, it's um, it's it's fun to see, and I'm actually I need to release the dates for it, but in the uh, next month, I think on the 16th of September, I'm going to do a day for personal trainers in London and it's going to educate them on all the elements of what they do to be an online personality, but to the point where I don't walk away with several hundred copycats. Instead, I educate several hundred people on to do what I do without trying to be me because they don't really understand the backbone behind it and they're like, oh, that works, I need to do it. But if people have their message, understand their role, understand their audience and put a bit of personality into it. They could, they could all do it. They don't have to be like me because it, it's disingenuous and you can, you can tell someone a mile off. Um, you know, I didn't realize how much I swear until I saw back some clips of some of my live events. And I was like, Oh my God, that's where, that's where it must come from in the videos. But now you've got, you know, privately educated people being like, Oh, calorie deficit, you bastard. And you're like, it's a- <laughs> It just it just doesn't fit, and uh, you know it's it's doing more damage to their brand than good at the end of the day. And you know, it, yeah, it's 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 easy to spot a mile off. I'm flattered though by it. You know, two years ago, uh, what I would have been at uh, three thousand followers without a business Insta page, three thousand followers on Facebook. Two years time, hi James, you're going to have people in the industry trying to copy your stuff. I'd be like, wow, that's amazing, you know. So um, flattered at the same time, and. These guys think they can get away with it, but they don't realize everyone just sends it to me. And I'm like, yeah, what can we do? You know, it's, I'm not, I'm not particularly bothered. It's not like people are, I don't think people are levitated towards their plans. Like, Ooh, this is the guy for me. Or I think a lot, another notion in the industry is people think I'll call a few people assholes in the video and suddenly everyone will want to use me as an online PT. There's a bit of a delicate balance to it, I think. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a lot to, um, there's a lot has, has to go in to try and emulating something that someone's doing. It's not just like copying the words that they're saying. It's, I think there's a, a big, big aspect of anything online in any industry is people are following personalities the same as they do with celebrities, right? It's not like people don't like a celebrity because of the, the words and the phrases that they use. Like it's the whole, it's the whole package. Um, but yeah, certainly from our perspective, being in the online fitness world, you just like every day, you're like, Oh, that's weird. That person's doing the same style of it. Oh, there's another one. There's another one. You see it cropping up, but I suppose, yeah, it must be, a, it must be a weird thing for you to, 
for that to slow for, like for people to send send you things and it's oh I said that or I said it in I think it was someone I don't know who I don't know who the person's name was but I saw you like ripping into someone a couple a couple of days ago because it was like word for word copying yeah um, the, the chap in question like at first I was like cool but then it was Duran was like he's just copied my neat video and I was like it's hilarious then Duran called him out and was like bro put it on his story he was like I know you're going to see me watching your story right now I mean, then a few hours, the guy was like, nah, mate, I'm original, I'm original. So we're like, okay, go back further through and yeah, word for word, yeah, the same titles. Uh, then we went down even further and he's wearing a calorie fucking deficit t-shirt. <laughs> and I was like, mate, you know, and then it's funny. It was funny. And then his response was, well, you and Darren have got dad bods and lifted up his top and showed off his six pack. And I was like, this could have been funny. This could have been good for your brand, but you've just emulated everything that's wrong with the fitness industry. And you've just really taken a bad move and a bit of banter where we were like calling you out. And yeah, you know, that is exactly what's wrong. Like, you know, obviously he, we were joking around. I was like, Hey man, would you like to go for a coffee? I'll teach you how to make your own content and straight away. He's like, he's like, well, well, you and Darren don't have a six pack. So how can you be good PTs? And then I, do you know what? I would, I was still, my, I have to give myself a couple minutes. I'm a bit of a hothead. So when I see stuff like that, I'm like, that's it. You're fucking dead, mate. <laughs> and I went onto Social Blade and I saw that he's lost 30,000 followers in the last year because he obviously bought a bundle of 100,000. I saw that his Facebook was at two and a half K. I know that he's averaging losing 99 followers a day. I was about to go in. I was like, no. Nope. <laughs> Gather yourself, James. You're tired. Go talk to your mum. Have a fizzy water sat down i was like listen mate you know this is kind of sad so i i do have to try and calm myself down a bit but yeah you know it's just um mate yeah and going in me and Darren have a lot of fun with that because it's it's just banter at the end of the day and i said to that guy i said i was having a really slow day as far as content and he just gave it to us on a plate stuff to talk about <laughs> and um yeah just yeah it's just fun and i think that there is a i hate to think i my first few years as a personal trainer, I was like, I want to be smart. I want to deliver my job. And I wasn't letting out the funny side of me. Like, I don't think there are many personal trainers that have spoken at Body Power that were in charge of the social for their rugby team. You know, I was the guy putting tape around bottles of cider being like, Edward Cider hands over here. Amy Winehands over here. First one to puke wins, you know, like, and then suddenly I'm put up on a stage to talk about fat loss. So then I, I understood in the last couple of years, you know change, you do have to be kind of funny. So when I rip into people, I have a bit of banter, I use some GIF, stuff like that, because I suppose a lot of the times that people pick up their phone to look at Instagram, Facebook, whatever, they're not going to be educated, they're going to be entertained. And if you can deliver both, it, it's kind of, you know, at the same time. And I think that the, the another big thing in the fitness industry is, a lot of the smartest guys in the industry aren't that funny. Uh, There's a lot you know. of absolute melts in the industry, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think clinical term. <laughs> <laughs> the clinical term, yeah. But I think, as, as you said, like the kind of people that <clears throat> you were setting out to help initially, the, you know, um, Deborah, 140 kilos, doing the tricep extensions. Like the best way to get through to someone and drop their defenses a little bit is, yeah, with a bit of humour and not to just mm. lay into someone because they're just gonna they're just gonna be upset, as you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like, um, we so we both came from outside the fitness industry originally. <clears throat> And like you step into it and there is that, there is that thought of like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why is there, cause it like, you're looking at it rationally and obviously I, I know a lot of the, like the, the ideas that you promote are calorie deficit as the, as the foundation. And there's a, people make that so complicated and it's, it's quite hard to get to the bottom of why that's even happening. That like, there are still people who legitimately believe that that is wrong or that that's false information and that there is something else that you need to follow instead. It's, it's mad. And the, the biggest thing is that I was that person. So um, before I was in the fitness industry, I worked in recruitment. So I was in an office and all of that. And like, if I'm honest with you, I bought 100 IUs of growth hormone in a bid to strip fat. I was injecting myself on a daily fucking basis with human growth hormone before I counted my fucking calories. I mean... <laughs> that's that's embarrassing that is fucking embarrassing i was in all right shape and i can't believe it 22 years old and with human growth hormone you have to keep it in the fridge i was living with my mum and dad 
So I had to hide my growth hormone in a tub of creatine and tell my mum that creatine needed to be refrigerated. I had to hide my insulin pins and nab into boots and get the fucking orange pack or whatever it is. I never even counted my fucking calories, lads. Can you can you imagine how much I would grill someone on a live? Hi, James, looking to lose fat. How's human growth hormone? I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. That was me. I had BCAs in my drawer, glutamine, L-carnitine, the lot. I rattled when I walked. And I overcomplicated it. I was like, I must need to train more. My intensity's not right. Thermobol. Remember that? Do maximum Maxim- thermobol. I was taking Thermobol. I wasn't logging my calories. And do you know what's worst? I was having breakfast biscuits. I can't believe I've just said that on the podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Belvita, <laughs> fuck's sake. That's Most a bit- important meal of the day. You know, fuck. I'm, I'm going to lose a thousand clients from that. <laughs> <laughs> I think the way most people do it is like, sat at their desk, think, right, I need to build a bit of muscle. So like, maximuscle.com, Cyclone, Pro Max, add to cart, like, maybe get the bars as well. Whereas you thought, bollocks to that growth hormone, like pull yep. like, turbo. You're like, okay, let's, let's look at the list of hormones. There's um, <laughs> testosterone. I got that as well. Growth, <laughs> I want to grow, so I'm going to get some uh, growth hormone. It's very smart to the, uh, the old creatine in the fridge. Once. Oh, don't. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh yeah then i moved on to testosterone which uh i've done twice in my life maybe three times and again i'm not advocating uh using it i got bored with my training right and instead of undulating my periodization instead of counting my calories instead of training changing my split instead of upping my frequency i inject and test anything twice a week into my fucking glute you know like Talk about using the sledgehammer to put in a nail. And these are an anabolic process. This is about becoming more jacked, becoming more bro. But, you know, in the fat loss world, people doing the exact same. Mm. It's like, and through that frustration of looking back at myself, I'm like, James, you were hiding needles from your parents in their own home in an attempt to do something that quite simply could have been done. You know, it's absolutely ridiculous. And because of that, I need to drill it into other people. Don't be as stupid as I have. Because at the end of the day, there's, there's just no need. And um, it is so much simpler. And I think that even personal trainers, again, we could, qualifications in the UK are fucking dire. Mm-hmm. To become a level three, all you need is three grand. And, that, and then, you know, basic understanding of, of fat loss is absolutely fucked. I had someone message me the other day going, hi, James, uh, my GP's told me that as long as I have white fish and rice and veg for every meal, I'll lose fat if I drink it with water with lemon. I'm like, oh my God, someone spent four or five years at med school to give out that advice, you know? Um, but yeah, it is, it's far, fuck, like GPs, yeah, 10% of them, cool. The rest, fucking hell, what fuck quits? I might be in my video for this afternoon. So you let's go to war, let's go to war with GPs. being a GP, he's on his way. So I'm, he I'm just going to leave now. He was telling me to have fish and a rice cake, and then rice cake and fish. Six, times, honestly, six times a day. Uh, I've seen that guy on the yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, fish cake. Fish, fish and a rice cake. Captain believes yeah. it as well, doesn't he? Really believes it when he's when he's talking about it. But the thing is, we you... we were in that same position, and I think you know we're, we're the same age. Like you said back when you were twenty two, there was less information available at yeah. the time with that stuff. And so looking back, like I think people who are who have got access to the kind of things that 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 we're saying and that you're saying in, uh, online. They're, they're probably hearing that story and thinking, how could someone be so, have such terrible judgment? But the fact <laughs> is, like, the information wasn't available. There wasn't a clear prioritization of what's important and what's not. Mm-hmm. And so you have, like, at least for us, we had to have gone full circle. And we've definitely been through the bro phase of having the, the you know, three grams of glutamine two hours before <laughs> training. And, then it, and it was all so precise. And, like, we were talking the other week about our post-workout drink that was genuinely... 200 milligrams of caffeine, 100 grams of dextrose, 30 grams of whey hydrolysate, which was taste like vomit, like literally pre-digested, 30 grams of whey, and it was, it was just the most horrible drink. But you drink it and you're like, I'm got, so I've, got, I've got that post-workout sorted. You're drinking like, it at like 7pm as well, then we wouldn't sleep, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because gains. Yeah. Because gains, exactly. <laughs> Anabolism. Mm. Oh, don't get me started on deadlifts as well, you know. Because <laughs> I picked the bar up, I thought I could deadlift. And the worst thing, and this can be metaphorically translated into other areas of life, because I picked up the weight from the floor, I thought I was doing it right. And because I was getting stronger, I thought I was doing it right. 
because I was injecting testosterone. I really thought I was getting it right. <laughs> then my back goes, and I fucked my back to the point that I can't even lay on the beach now without my back aching after 10 minutes. So there I am, drive into the farm, or I go to the GP. GP goes, you fucked your back. I'm like, cheers, mate. Five years in med school to tell me what I already knew. Got prescribed some fucking diazepam. Drive to the chemist in my car that had bucket seats, which is the worst for a bad back get out of the car like a cripple phone falls out my hoodie pocket smashes on the floor oh. so not only have i got a fucked back not only am i at a pharmacy to pick up fucking heroin but i've got a smashed iphone that i've now got to go all the way down to the floor to get <laughs> which i then pick up i'm pretty much crying by the time i get to the pharmacy i then spend two weeks in fucking bed with heroin diazepam off my tits watching cartoons and not once did through that whole journey did anyone correct me on my deadlift form and i thought i was doing it fucking right because I was getting stronger. And, you know, so many people think, well, you know, I've lost a bit of fat. This diet must be the best in the world. And, you know, everyone thinks I'm getting a bit stronger with my deadlift or my squat. I must be fucking squatting perfect. And it's only until you get to that breaking point, where in uh, lifting it's injury, but in diet it's reversing back to old habits. So someone's like, oh, I couldn't stick to keto. Oh, I'm such a failure. No, you, you did something for a short period of time, but it evidently wasn't right because you reverted back to your old habits. Um, but yeah, when people yeah. go, James, what's your biggest deadlift? I'm like, fuck off. Let's end this combo here. <laughs> let's end. Let's put our dicks away, boys. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you, Yusuf's got Yusuf had a very similar thing happen with his back and deadlifting and yeah, just it's, uh, I, head I, against the wall. Exactly. I, I think like because we were competing in powerlifting, like there's no end point to powerlifting. You just keep lifting more weight and loading your structures more and more. And I, I slipped. I slipped a disc and just continued training through the pain you know managing it until eventually i lost function of my left leg and, and sensation and you're just like okay i think now that i've got some ridiculousness i should probably consider that i've got some problems going on but it's so easy lost, lost function in his left leg and then was about to get well then went on a meditation retreat for 10 days so sat on my sciatic nerve for 10 days which was the best thing to do when you've got a uh, herniated disc and and compression but yeah so it's all fine though how was your headspace after that Oh, phenomenal. Like the oh, first, first couple of days, a lot of fear, a lot of tears, and then come out the other end, a different person. There I am <laughs> thinking like, I've done 10 days of headspace, did all the 10 minutes. Yusuf goes and does 100 hours of meditation in 10 days. He's <laughs> like, yeah, feel okay. So. That's pretty mental. Cause, yeah, I'd, I use headspace as like a sleeping pill. Um, I've actually never survived the full 10 minutes. <laughs> but, you know, someone's like Valium, no thanks. I've got headspace. Headspace. Hands Andy. and the arms resting on the legs. On the legs. That, that guy's voice is the softest <laughs> voice ever. I know. And I'm, I'm laying there and I'm thinking, you're in someone's life, you know? Can you imagine that? Like, imagine him breaking up a fight at the pub. <laughs> All right, guys. guys everyone would end up crying, now. wouldn't they? Crying and hugging each you other. just sat on the side of the road, cars going by. <laughs> They should send him to football matches. Stop the crowds. <laughs> he should just do all the peace talks or any important conversation should just be with Andy and one other person. Trump's so, payroll. So much more. Send him to North Korea. <laughs> Hello, Johnny here. Just a short interruption to this episode. I know what you're thinking. This show was brought to you by none of that trust me we have something completely free something to give you today so we're aware that you guys who've been listening to our podcast you've heard before us talk about the show notes and other places to go to download things from propanefitness.com but we want to give those of you who listen to our podcast something completely different something completely unique that we don't provide anywhere else so we want to give you something that is actually a membership area or a membership portal where we have loads of free goodies, some downloads, some things to watch, some trainings, and some free presentations that we want to give you all bundled together completely free. All you have to do is go to propinfitness.com forward slash gift. There's no email opt-in. There's no enter your email and receive this. It's completely obligation-free. You just enter your email, enter your username rather, and your password, and then you'll be sent login details. So completely free. In there, we have some training on the 3i formula. That's the framework that we use with all of our coaching students and loads of other free goodies. So that's propinfitness.com forward slash gift. Head over there now. Pick up your free training and we hope you enjoy. Hope you enjoy the rest of this episode and we'll speak soon. So it sounds like, James, we've, we've both made um, quite a lot of errors in, in our fitness journey, I suppose, like <coughs> training-wise and diet-wise, and had to have 
come through this the hard way, essentially, like having experienced the back pain, the, the BCAAs, the creatine in the fridge. Um, Thermable. Thermable, yeah, I remember that. Um, it, how would you suggest, so let's say you've, you've got Janice who's taken a daily aloe vera and acai berry. Um, what, what would you suggest in terms of building your bullshit filter for somebody who is starting out in the industry and are there any perceptual tools or anything that you can give someone that would say, here's how to um, filter out something that's going to be a scam and something that's not? Obviously, join the academy. No, I'm joking. Um, like, uh, I know what you mean. There, there almost has to be some kind of uh, implemented bullshit filter. And I think that the, the big thing for me is, I've said this before, like, imagine we're here on the left. We are the consumers Janice, Sheila, whoever's here. On the middle, we have the methods. And then on the right, we have the principle. So the furthest thing away from the consumer is the principle, which is energy balance, thermodynamics, uh, calorie deficit, blah, blah, blah. Now, in the middle, intermittent fasting, keto, slimming world, weight watchers, 5-2, um, you know, veganism, fucking, uh, you know, not eating after 6 p.m., all these methods here. If we just put them down, for a second, I think that the biggest thing that people should be taught at fucking school is the principle and how it all works. And when they understand the principle, they no longer get confused by the method. And then someone goes, you know, put some acai berries in front of someone. Oh, I understand the principle. That's bollocks. You know, exogenous ketones. I understand the principle. You know, anything comes. Boom bod. Well, what's that? An appetite suppressant. I understand the, the fucking, you know, the principle. So rather than, you know, me trying to go to battle with every single fucking method would be like, you know, that shit, that shit, that shit, flab jab shit, boom bob shit, fucking, you know, nose plug in for fat loss, that shit, I can't keep up with it. So instead, the whole mission just has to be about educating people about the principle, and it does get boring, calorie deficit, calorie deficit, calorie deficit. But when they understand that, they then develop their own blinkers to all this bullshit in the middle, because they understand how it works. They're like, oh, okay, so tell me more about your uh, vegan ketone diet, uh, keto vegan diet. And people are like, oh, yeah, we do this. And they're like, well, it must elicit fat loss through a calorie deficit, or, or it wouldn't. So, you know, Rather than focusing on the methods and going to war with them, which I do enjoy doing, you know, the focus has to be on the principle. The focus has to be on the education in, in that area. And then they don't need to be told or warned off or, you know, kept at arm's length from anything else. And there are a lot of people in the industry who do not like that approach because they make a lot less money. You know, cookbooks that don't contain macros, not naming names. Mm. Is I wonder who, you, and who do you think he means? The, I don't know. The person in question, I've said this before and I'll say it again, he's, in, he's either incredibly fucking smart or incredibly fucking stupid and neither are acceptable because he's either so fucking stupid that he's never really understood how this fundamentally works or he's so fucking smart he knows exactly what he's doing. And for me, right, my morals aren't that great. I've done things I'm not proud of, especially on rugby buses. But I, I as uh, you know, someone who works in the fitness industry, I only want someone to buy from me once. And I want them to buy from me once. I want them to be fucking happy. The amount of people on the planet, like I said to you before, if 1% of my following does business with me, I'm crippled. So knowing that, I only need someone to buy from me once. And these people, these charlatans, they're getting people to buy in and buy in and buy in. Not only is it great for their business model and their profits, but it means that if this person sold their first product four years ago and they're selling one now that's completely different, that's four years that someone, the consumer in question, has not got what they paid for or they wouldn't still be buying shit. And it infuriates me. Because, you know, if someone wants to buy a subscription model like Netflix or something like that, that's fine. But all they want is entertainment. This is people's health. It's their, it's, it's their self-esteem. It's their fucking confidence. It's the clothes they put on. It's turning the light off every time they fuck. It's only wearing black. It's doing that fucking thing that when they stand up, they pull their top down so that their muffin top doesn't show. Four years, people are having to suffer so someone can make a, a profit from it. Um and that's the most infuriating part of people being kept at arm's length. So to go back to your question, we can't educate people to know what's bullshit and what's not. But what we can do is educate them on the on the method and uh, on the principle even and get them to understand that in so much detail that nothing ever will confuse them again. It's a really good way of putting it as well, because even reasonably intelligent people, if, if you don't give them a principle and they're just firing in the dark with methods, most people haven't got the mental energy to dedicate to looking at why you know is this going to work or not and they just have to believe the seller of the program or the diet or whatever 
and of course they've got that agenda to to keep you on it and as you said like to it gains them continuity purchases and keeps them spinning their wheels and therefore maintains them as a customer whereas um we i mean we certainly for the first three four years of our training didn't understand those principles and so we're just moving from method to method getting frustrated until eventually you're like hang on a minute i'm such an idiot here Mm. it all like everything else falls into place once you understand where things fit in the wider context i'm about to embarrass myself again i did insanity james james (laughs) dig deeper dig deeper fuck's sake i thought i was gonna be shredded man I did that every single day. I left sweat patches on my mate's front room carpet. <laughs> and six weeks of very, very hard hit. And did I lose any fat? Did I fuck? Do you know why? Because I was still hitting two for Tuesdays. I picked up the nutrition yeah. pamphlet and I thought, fuck this. I'm getting shredded with Sean T. It's at uni. I didn't lose a fucking pound. I just lost an hour of every day. And my washing rotation was fucking on so high. I genuinely thought that that was going to get me in shape. Like, yeah. And, you know, there was never talk of calorie deficit. There was never talk about counting your calories. It was so focused on the workout. And insanity is fucking 100 quid for like four workout DVDs. It's fucking, it's not cheap. And yeah, Sean T is probably in it. Going from the, like, like we, when we did keto, it was like you, didn't, you don't track your calories. Just carbs are under 50 grams a day. And then you gain weight and you're like, oh, well, you know, my fault. I did have like 55 grams a few days and like 60 grams of carbs. So that must be the reason. And you just get Pumped myself out of ketosis. That was the, yeah. yeah. But like, you, because that's, you're like fresh into the world of, I want to, like, I've decided I want, I want abs. I want to look a bit better. So you almost believe the first person you hear. And if that happens to be like Dave Asprey or Joe Wicks or whoever, like that is promoting something that is purely profit driven, we probably um then you it's you have to like un, unpick that person's thinking i think that's probably what there isn't enough of in the fitness industry there's too much like fighting both sides without considering what you're saying which is that like ultimately the reason why one side is even able to exist is because people don't understand the principles and if people did understand the principles it wouldn't even be a thing that it's like drink this tea to lose fat because it doesn't make sense this yeah and um funnily enough i had bit of a heated debate with someone they're like but james i've lost so much weight on keto and i was like are you in a state of ketosis she goes yes i went how do you know if you're not count tracking your food she goes i don't count my calories james but i do track my macros i went out of interest could i please you know see your macros she's like here they are i was like i've just timed your macros by the respective calorie amount for each macronutrient and i said to her 449 and i was like you're eating 1020 calories a day Mm -hmm. this is why you're losing fat. She was like, I don't understand what you're on about, James. And I was like, oh God. I was like, you know what? You stay where you are. You keep doing what you're doing. I can't help you anymore. Like it's, it's mad. And like you say, you put someone a thousand calories a day. It must be the ketosis. Mm. It must be the fats and demonizing carbohydrates. And you know, again, I don't see many enjoyable lifestyles that do not contain carbohydrates. And that could be biased because you know, I'm pro carbs, but you know, if so, and these people are putting their lifestyle to the side for fat loss, which quite simply they just don't need to do. Quote, unquote, Duran Cartel, I've had a McFlurry every night this week and I've lost fat. And I'm like, do you know what? That is what life should be, quite simply, because well, they're great. I mean, that, that's another problem in itself, is that once somebody starts to get some success with a <clears throat> massively roundabout program, like eating a 1,000 calories of keto and assuming, attributing it all to the keto then it's very hard to shake the shake that mindset because they're like, well, I've lost fat, so the proof's in the pudding. And you're like, well, yeah, but like, I'm not counting calories. Like, yeah, yes, you are. You're just <laughs> you're just not writing down the number, but you're still so like even like your your grandparents have macros. Your like dog and cat and fish have macros. Like, Everyone has like, macros. Yeah, just because you're ignoring it doesn't make it not true. But yeah, like we we have this thing which is that like the way it feels to be on a low carb diet. Like the reason that people are all right with it is because it's difficult and people associate like to get to look like that it's probably difficult otherwise everyone would look like that and you wake up the morning of a low carb diet it's like your parents have snuck into your room overnight and put like banners and balloons and like a like a marching band that's just going like you're on a diet by the way again like today's going to be shit and difficult again whereas as you say like mcflurry's 
every day. So eat, that's, eat I mean, that, that's another one of those limiting beliefs that like doing a diet has to be extremely hard and yeah. self-flagellating all the time. And um, you talked about fixed mindset before. And so like a, another example we had of someone coming up to us saying, um, I want, I want to work with you guys and you to make a diet for me, but um, I'm lactose intolerant. I'm allergic to meat and, and chlorophyll and, and gluten. And I was like, what you're allergic to grains, plants and animals. So, and like, what can you eat? And they were like, Oh, well, there's this really specific brand of salted pretzel that I, and you're like, no, no, like, I, I just said you need to see a psychotherapist. Like I'm afraid this isn't a dietary problem. Go, do not pass. Go, um, go straight to straight to mental health. But like that—that's an extreme case. But um, you were saying about principles and the fixed mindset. Do you think there are, um, as well as the dietary principles of say thermodynamics and so on, that there are some mindset ones or um, key sort of limiting beliefs that people have that stop them from making progress? Um, yeah, and I think that my, my biggest bugbear is with motivation. People say I need motivation. I'm like, well, no, no, you don't. Everyone naturally should strive to be in good shape. Everyone should naturally strive to want to fuck other people. You know, there are certain primitive things that as humans we should want to do. And one of them should be to be active, to eat foods we enjoy and fuck people of the opposing sex or same sex, 2018. Um, and you know, I don't think that people need motivating to do these things. What they need to do is stop demotivating themselves. And the reason they demotivate themselves is because they're easily misled into stupid methods. And, you know, I sit there and I go, I'm no, it's no wonder you feel demotivated. You just tried the darkest fucking diet five times over. You just tried eliminating carbs. You just tried cutting out sugar. You just tried doing this, 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 this. I'm not surprised you feel demotivated. And they go, James, I need motivation. I'm like, no, you need to stop being so fucking daft. And I think that, you know, everyone's in this kind of mindset. Oh, I need someone to push me. Oh, I need someone to get me to the gym. You don't. You, you just need to stop doing foolish stuff. Um, the amount of people that go, James, I've cut out all sugar. I'm like, whoa, before we go any further, that's stupid. You know, and when you take these stupid concepts out, stupid training, fasted cardio, you know, people doing too much training and they can recover from, I need to see a, you know, I need to go for hot cupping. I need to go for acupuncture. I need to go for massage therapist. No, you need to sit the fuck down and do a few less training sessions. Um, feeling demotivated because they didn't go to the gym every day. Mate, you're 42. You're pretty fucking fat. You can't recover from more than four sessions a week to do four sessions a week. So I think that, you know, my headspace mindset guru kind of inner, you know, hippie would be like, you don't need motivating. You need to stop demotivating yourself so much. Um, cause people are literally throwing so many barriers in front of themselves and wondering why they're getting down about it. You know, I think it's tied to people thinking that like weight management's just something they're going to have to do for eight weeks and then it's done. Like to, yeah. you don't feel motivated to like brush your teeth or go to work or like do anything that people do every day. But that's because you, you're, you're understanding, like, when I get a job, I'm going to have to do that every day. So I better pick, pick a job I don't hate and all that sort of stuff. So, like, if you accept that whatever diet you start, whatever approach you start is something that's like, this is it for the rest of my life. I think the person who picks keto is a, like a, genuinely like a lunatic. Like, <laughs> just someone who is like, I'm willing to not eat carbs for the rest of my life. That's fine. Like, it's like replacing your bubble with sandpaper. So I'm going to wipe my ass with sandpaper for the rest of my life. Like, is it going to do the trick? Yeah, yeah, probably it is. Mm. But I but don't like, think it's, it's something you'd want to painful. do for the rest. It's far more expensive to buy meters of sandpaper <laughs> every, every week at your grocery shop. You'd have to take it with you as well. You'd oh. have to have a little mini roll of sandpaper in your bag with you. Everyone's like, you'd why have, have you got sandpaper? You're like, well, I'm, I'm doing this special thing that means I have to wipe with sandpaper every day. And I bought this book that teaches you how to do it and it's a whole system. And to be fair, it would put you off pooing, which would put you off eating, which could create a calorie deficit. Oh, there we go. So, well, I think we're going to have to trademark that and release it as a, as a new protocol. Sandpaper diet. <laughs> Tonight's video. So, I, I think we are, we, the only question remaining, now that you've had some time to, to simmer about the... Uh, Which is the most important one. Yeah, the, the, the dog situation. Well, actually, no, there was, there was one other question, points for anyone who asked this, but it was, how are you... That's not the full question. It was like, how are you so sexy, James? Oh, uh, yeah. I wonder who asked that one. Mm. Don't know. Uh, my answer to that would be occupational hazard. Occupational hazard. 
I've even grown I've even grown a moustache to try and not be so sexy just try and pull it back try and hide yourselves (laughs) (laughs) I just I I was just bored one day in Bali and I was like I'm going to trim off all my facial hair apart from the tash and see if Darren notices and I sat there and for about an hour we were doing work and then he looks at me and she goes bruv what the fuck is that on your face (laughs) and then after about an hour he was like I like it and it's just become like a bit of a running joke now I don't I just find it funny and do you know what polarising again loads of birds are like get rid of it but there's a small amount that are like they're like James that does it for me I recommend you boys to try it so so I I grew a beard and Johnny didn't even notice six months later he was was like you've always had a beard it's like like, yeah that is that is unfortunately the truth (laughs) but beards beards creep up on you though they do. Like you don't, you not, you don't go to bed one day and then wake up with a beard. That was it. You snuck it up on me. Whereas a mustache is instant. Especially if you'd shaved into the mustache, like you already had some sh- some stubble, and you were like, mm. "I'm just going to shave around it." It just really highlights it there. Um, speaking of Bali, can you tell us about how you got deported? Because yeah, last so... time we tried to set up this podcast, um, you were in the process of being deported, and that was uh, <laughs> that was why we couldn't chat. So that's the best reason for not being able to speak we ever had, incidentally. So. Um, I went to uh, Australia on a business tourist visa and I actually had trouble setting up my business there because they were like, not many people setting up big businesses like this uh, when they're on a holiday. Um, And then I had the option of going on to a student visa or, you know, and at the time in Australia to get another year of work, another year's visa, you can do three months farming. And the farming is fucking grueling. It's, you know, banana farms, big spiders, (laughs) snakes, Banana picking for three months, mate. Three months of banana picking. And my mate came back and uh, he was telling me that there was this French clumsy guy and he one day was lopping down a branch and the machete hit him in the shoulder and he said he was wearing a backpack, a leather strap backpack. He showed me a picture of where the machete went into it and he goes, if I didn't have that backpack on that I usually didn't wear, I'd be dead. And I was like, mate, that doesn't sound like farm. He told, uh, he told me about a few German boys that dropped because they got bitten by spiders, had to go to hospital shed bunk beds for three months, all of this stuff. So I, the real fear was in. And I was like, they were saying that the only real things that survive in these towns, so you're talking like middle of nowhere in Australia, doing the fucking farming, living in bunk beds with fucking strangers and doing slave labor all day for the sake of three months. I opted to get an Australian girlfriend instead. And I wish I did the fucking farming. <laughs> and like, I have an Aussie girlfriend, things are going well. And like, long story short, she ended up to be a massive cunt. And um, I was like, right, woke up with her. And I said to her, you know, when you have that rekindling relationship chat where you're like going to get back together. And I was considering it. And I went, you know what? I think I love your visa more than I love you. And I was like, I'm going to get out of it. And you have to leave the country to wrap up a partner visa. You can't do it while you're there. You can't even move on to another visa in the country. So it worked out that I had to leave. And I could have chanced it. But if the Aussie government found out that I was lying, they could have red, red, like, red flagged me and been like, you're never coming back in, you pummy twat. <laughs> so um, I had to leave. And I went to Bali. Um, Did you say and, to her, um, I love my visa more than I love you? No, no, no. I, I said to her, I, yeah, yeah. I said to her, I think I'll love your visa more than I love you. And I said, although Strong it might line. buy me a few... Yeah, and you know, I had to be straight <laughs> with her at the time. I wasn't going to brush it up. And she certainly, certainly shocked her a little bit. Um, but, you know, I said, the last thing you want is someone that's telling you they love you every night. Really, they just like your visa. Um, and <laughs> at this point, lads, there was 19 months. I'd have to sit it out until I get PR. And until you get a per-rectal. Permanent residency. Right. And, um, and I was just like, do you know what? Deport me. Deport me. I can't be bothered with that. 19 months would also be a PB relationship length so i was like you know what i'm i'm gonna get out of here i'm gonna go to bali be good to go see my family and that and in the last couple of weeks i managed to secure another visa without her so um yeah happy days really i'm i'm a lot happier now than i you know and i managed to get away without doing any farming buzzing pretty extreme to make people do banana farming just to get them to stay do you not know about this? You yeah. have to do rural, rural work. So you get a year, and the whole idea is that you get these English and Irish people loving their time in Australia so much, and they go, hey, fancy doing slave labour for three months. Uh-huh. I know an Irish fitness model that's just gone off to a, a, they call it an eggplant, we call it an aubergine, 
Just got to pick them for 12 hours a day and put them in boxes. <laughs> it's a long so you, you've got to do 67 days continuously, day after day, or it ends up being like 80 days in broken patches. You get paid for it. It's not a huge amount of money. And you get to live in the middle of fucking nowhere. Sounds like the dream. Like, I, I ended up playing rugby in New Zealand in a town that had like 7,000 people. And there was Christchurch one way, three and a half hours, Dunedin two hours the other. And I would not recommend living in a small town. And so let alone doing it in Australia and having to face spiders. Have you seen the size of spiders in Australia as well? I, I've I've seen documentaries. I, I've actually I don't want to go to Australia because of that. Because of the banana farming. Because of the bananas. The Australian women are much worse than the spiders, but still, you'll be in for a shock <laughs> with both. What we're we talking like compared to an average human fist. Uh, a huntsman. The first one I saw was the size of my hand open. Jesus. But then uh, they're the ones that are harmless, and actually, when you see them in your house, you're uh, not supposed to kill them because they kill the bad ones. So they actually eat other spiders. Um, then one day I was like, right, I'm going to fucking get this spider, a little one. Went for it. My ex was like, that's a white tip. That'll fuck you up if you don't kill it right. I'm like, fucking hell. The little ones are dangerous. The big ones are not. And the the big ones, the female ones jump at you if you get too close to them. Oh, great. So, Absolutely you know. great. <laughs> but like I said, out of all these experiences, the Aussie girlfriend was the worst. Wow. Really? Okay, so Worse than a spider that jumps at you if you get too close to it. Give me 10 spiders. Wow, okay, so that's, that's quite a review. Like on, on Trustpilot, what would you give her out of 10? <laughs> would buy again well, or, my, 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 or would, would request a refund? Uh, Focus on I think that, you know, the most important rules of life, one, calorie deficit, two, hips don't lie, and number three, never trust girls. Very good closing thoughts there. <laughs> axioms to live by yeah for sure like it James it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you um, dog or dad dog or dad I can't win dog in it I it's can't win <laughs> can you imagine if I admitted to that I've got enough vegans on my case as it is <laughs> next thing James Smith misogynist sexist Bestiality. racist fucking you know next thing they're going to call me a gay basher dog you know because I use the word I use the word gay incorrectly in a marketing email. Oh. Um, you know, fucking misogynist. And then they're like, oh, and he likes to fuck animals. Brilliant. In Let's give that dad. to the vegans, shall we? Yeah, yeah in front of his dad. <laughs> fucking, you know. <laughs> so I'm going to have to reserve my Fifth Amendment right to remain <laughs> silent. For what would you do, you said? Dog. <laughs> Why <Fucking> dog? <laughs> I don't know. Just this. this it's dog, what, a... dog or remember, but then your dad's involved either way so it's yeah, hard to get around it it's like an episode of Black Mirror this I know one day we're all going to end up in that situation <laughs> I did see there was something recently which was the most like flagrant anti-vegan thing I've ever seen which was a guy eating a bit of raw beef at a yeah yeah did you see that good man good man just fearless absolutely the fearless thing, I've got good friends of mine that host cheese festivals so, you know, a bit of banter, they do ch- Prosecco festivals. So cheese lovers can unite and enjoy fucking cheese together. These guys turn up with signs saying cheese is rape. Really? Now, wow. A bit extreme. And again, if I was to get and collate some rape victims, I would probably bring them to the front of the cheese festival and there'd be another dispute altogether. Mm, do you agree? But, that, yeah. Yeah. Do you agree this is on the same wavelength? No, I didn't think so. Um, but yeah, you know, it's fucking even, a bit excessive. Like even trying to go down their line of thinking, like how would it even be rape? Well, and also, I strongly disagree with the keto lifestyle, but I'm not going to turn up to a keto <laughs> meeting and get in there and be like, no, don't do it. You know, like I, I just put a few videos out on social. You know, if people want to do it, they want to do it. But yeah, absolute madness. Fight from behind the screen. It was like in Edinburgh a few years ago, um, there, was a, there was an act of terror, which was someone put a slice of bacon on the mosque uh, door handle in the cent- Edinburgh Central Mosque. Um, <laughs> which... You cooked a roll. Uh, roll. Wrap easy, wouldn't it? Yeah, it over the doorknob. Um, I mean, it's not, not quite an act of terror, but it's, it's a bit of a dickhead thing to do. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would completely agree with exactly that. Bit of a dickhead thing to do. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. James, um, any other closing thoughts before we wrap this up? I think just never trust girls. Just put that one out there again. Fine. <laughs> 
Well, cool. So, um, how can people follow more of you if they're not following you already? At James Smith PT on Facebook and Insta, um, and that and that's it really. Um, pretty simple. Cool. You know. Love but yeah, thank you very much for having me on. Check out James. I'm, sorry for taking so long to uh, finally get around to doing it, but if you get a good kickback, maybe we'll do a part two. Or we'll have a different would you rather. Yeah, Sounds well, you, we're going to still hold you to the uh, the dog dad question <laughs> in part two. But <laughs> I might need a hundred hours meditating to come up with an answer. <laughs> awesome, James. Thanks very much. Cheers. Thanks for having me on. Hey, Johnny again. Hope you enjoyed that episode of the Propane Fitness Podcast. Just a short reminder, if you're listening to this, driving in your car, and you're thinking, man, I really wish I had a reference that they made in minute five or ten or whatever to that thing that they were talking about. Well, we put together show notes for these podcasts every single week. We give you timestamps. We give you links to things we talk about. And we also give chances to grab free things bonuses etc so head over to propanefitness.com and grab the show notes for this episode over there also if you want to be notified of these podcasts when they come out if you want free subscribe subscriber only benefits stick your email address in and grab our free downloads one of the many free downloads if you go to propanefitness.com and the homepage. There's a big red banner on the top of the website. Pick up that free ebook, that free download, and we'll send you emails whenever a new podcast is available. Just one short reminder as well. As you are a podcast listener, you have access to our exclusive free gift that is available nowhere else. And that is at propinfitness.com forward slash gift. I hate having AirPods in videos, but they are such good headphones. Mm. I think that everyone that wears them looks like a complete fucking bellend. It's to the point that if I story, I take them out. Really? I hold them in my hand because I just, I just can't. And Darren, <laughs> I say to him, I'm like, bro. Your secret's out now, James. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, I, I agree. It looks very much, it's, it's, the, it's, two, it's the 2018 businessman with a Bluetooth headset, isn't it? It, it absolutely is and uh, everyone that there's almost like an elitist vibe when someone has them in they're like well I'm richer than you you wired mm. headphone fuck like, yeah. uh, and you see someone with wired Apple headphones and immediately think like what a prick <laughs> you might as well be drinking a Red Bull at 7 in the morning then. <laughs>